Welcome to the Truth Script Tuesday podcast. Hard to believe it is Truth Script Tuesday once again. I think it might have something to do with Labor Day weekend because I feel like I was sitting here yesterday recording a Truth Script Tuesday, but it has been a week. I hope you had a wonderful Labor Day weekend, whatever you did, wherever you went, and a good Lord's Day. We have three great articles to discuss today, and we're going to lead up to one I think that is of particular importance and interest to many of you because there's a big demand right now for schools for colleges in particular, and Christian colleges even more in particular, that are not bowing the knee to social justice pressure. And so um, I wrote an article that we're going to lead up to that talks about this and gives some advice to parents and some suggestions on what institutions might be a little safer than others. I've had a lot of people weigh in. In fact, this is on track right now to be one of our most popular articles, probably because it's so practical in nature. And it's something that Let's face it, those who know about the current state of Christian education are generally those in it. And those people are not, in their minds, most of them at least, they don't have the freedom to uh, talk about other schools in a negative light or a positive light or leave out certain schools. And so you're not going to get a itemized list. And um, my experience with the lists that are manicured from conservative organizations is it's pay to play. It's These aren't lists that you can necessarily trust. And I'll talk about that a little as we go through it. But before we do, though, before we get to the, the great articles we have today, I need to mention that uh, truthscript.com is the website you can go to if you want to check out any of the articles we're talking about. And there's there's a whole archive here of articles. We have them broken down into categories for theology, family, church, and culture. And you can donate if you really like what we're doing. This stuff is uh, mostly volunteer work has gone into building this, but it's not free. This stuff does uh, take some money to just run the website even. And so um, we definitely appreciate it. We'll put it to good use. It is a 501c3. If you want to publish with us, go to the publish tab at the bottom of truthscript.com and you can submit an article for us to consider. Um, One other thing is we do, this is really like, last call. I don't know if I'll be able to say it next week. I might be able to, but uh, it's getting down to the wire at this point. If you're going to come to the Overcoming Evil Men's Conference in the Adirondack Mountains in Speculator, New York, you're going to want to sign up for that. You're going to want to go to overcomingevilconference.com. You can also find your way there through the TruthScript website, but overcomingevilconference.com is the main website you're going to want to go to. And, uh, and and there's just a lot of uh, good happening um, that is going to happen at this conference, September 21st through the 24th. And uh, we, we just we, we have some great speakers and we just have some great people coming, to be honest with you. I think you're just going to have a wonderful time uh, if you are able to make that particular uh, event. I should um, probably play. I didn't even think about doing this, but we have a little promo that I haven't showed before. And I'll see if I can pull it up while I'm in the middle of recording this. I'm not sure if I'll be able to or not, but uh, from Lance Nidahara, he is uh, a chef, a culinary chef. He, he actually, he, he's pretty modest about it, but he actually won uh, the t- television show Chopped twice, um, which is just incredible. Uh, he um, teaches at the Culinary Institute of America. He's actually produced or written, I should say, a book, a recipe book with Ray Comfort. That's, you know, Ray Comfort stuff is mostly, you know, gospel tracks, but it has actual recipes in it, biblical food recipes. And I know he's done some other things with Living Waters. So here's, uh, I found it here. He is. Hello, gentlemen. Lance Nidahara here. Lance, any appetizer around? 
He showed an amazing amount of creativity. My philosophy on evangelism became such that I know now that I have to speak up. I have to go out and I have to warn those of the wrath that is to come. And I am excited and privileged and honored to be a part of the annual men's conference that we'll be doing up at Camp of the Woods in the Adirondacks. Uh, I will be there and I am privileged to be speaking about battling evil in today's present dark culinary industry, as well as equipping young people to be able to do the same through the Bible, through scripture, through Christ. Uh, and it's gonna be a really great time in fellowship and learning. Uh, and I'm looking forward to meeting you all, looking forward to this entire thing. So you can see there in the video, if you're watching, that uh, uh, Chef Nitohara has a pool in the background and palm trees. And I, I can uh, affirm that that is not his house. And uh, he is actually from Hawaii. He was uh, on, I guess, vacation, but he's visiting family when I asked him to record that. So uh, it doesn't reflect the scenery you're going to have in the Adirondack Mountains, which is equally, I think, spectacular because it's going to be the peak fall, which if you haven't seen a Northeastern or a New York fall, at peak, it is uh, pretty breathtaking. And that is the peak time for the Adirondacks. Okay, so uh, we we have some articles to go over today. And, uh, and they're all good. Um, Where they're, they're always good at truescript.com. That's the one thing you can uh, depend on. But the fir first one is someone who's written for us before Pastor Seth Brickley, good friend, uh, he wrote a, a uh, blog titled A Snapshot in Time. A snapshot in time. And one of the things that I like about Seth Brickley and his writings is he often brings a very localist, tangible experience uh, kind of rootedness to his articles. Um, they, they're, they're not just exegeting passages of scripture, although he can do that. They're not just uh, articles that are addressing a controversial topic, although I'm sure he can do that, they bring in some stories, some experience, something from history, something that means something um, either nostalgic or just something that was important to him. So uh, he starts off, he says, a friend and I recently took a day, day trip to the Railroad Memories Museum in Spooner, Wisconsin. This small North Midwestern town holds a rich history on my father's side. It's where my great grandfather's home is, where he worked on the railroad. Now, I never met him. He died in 1984, and I was born in 1986. So when we went to the Railroad Museum, I had no idea the window into the past that I would discover. So we walked into the museum. There were two men sitting on the front desk. One man was the president of the museum, and I informed him that my great-grandfather lived in Spooner and had worked in the railroad. He asked me what his name was, and I blanked on his first name, so I said, Brickley. He responded, Bill Brickley? I said, yes, that's him. I was amazed at where our conversation went from there. He informed me that the people at the railroad called him Mr. Perfect. This is actually an incredible story. Uh, at this point, I realized that this gentleman I was speaking with not only knew my great-grandfather, but knew him personally. This is remarkable considering he's been gone 39 years. The gentleman before me was in his mid-70s, so he would have known my great-grandfather when he was in his 20s. He said that his fellow railroaders called him Mr. Perfect because my great-grandfather always dressed nicely. When he came to the railroad to work, his father was a conductor and my great grandfather was an engineer. The conductor captained the train while the engineer drove it. 
this man informed me that his father would have worked with my great grandfather from time to time and said that while some engineers were less than stellar, my grandfather was good at his job. He also told me that my great grandfather started there in 1929 at the age of 23 as a fireman back when trains ran by steam engine. And over time, he worked his way up to the position of engineer. He then showed me a picture of what he looked like. This was a profound experience for me because of the collection. I had never seen a picture of him before uh, because of, uh, to my recollection, I have never seen a picture of him before. Uh, he also showed me a newspaper article from 1976 when he retired that told the story about his 47 year railroading career. Okay, this is pretty incredible. Think about that. You, you, your grandfather, you never met and you happen to go to a place where he worked and there's someone there who remembers him from almost 40 years before and actually has pictures and articles and can tell you personal stories. That's, that is a connection to the past that, uh, is just, that's precious. The man continued to tell the story about the richness of his railroad station that few knew about. We learned that several American presidents had come through the location in the 1920s while Calvin Coolidge was president. He passed through on his way to a home he built in northern Wisconsin on the Brule River. His home was a uh, was uh, from the business, uh, I guess his home way from home, uh, from the business of the presidency in a place where he loved to fish. Uh, President Eisenhower later came to the same house for fishing retreats. John F. Kennedy also came through the station um, and back inside the town. This is actually so funny to me because Midwestern towns are like this. Inside the restaurant uh, in the town, there's a sign that says, John Kennedy, use this restroom. <laughs> that's and, 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 and that's I don't know why that's like so in, in my mind, such a Midwestern thing, but you just don't see that in the South or the Northeast as much like in the Midwest though. It, it, it's like when an important person comes to those areas, it's a big deal. And you know, there's going to be a marker or something. There's going to be a memory that, uh, Hey, someone famous was here, you know, California, you'd never have that. Right. But the most memorable event took place in 1948. That was the year president Harry Truman was trailing longtime New York governor, Thomas Dewey in the polls for the election of 48 to revive his campaign Truman traveled by railroad across America, giving speeches from the back of the train. One of the places he stopped was the station in Spooner, Wisconsin, where thousands gathered to hear him. Truman, in a historic comeback, ended up defeating Dewey. The famous picture that came from his election shows Truman holding a Chicago paper that had too hastily declared Dewey the winner. It was his grassroots railroad campaign that propelled him to victory. One can see why Truman stopped here. In the middle of the 20th century, Spooner's Railroad Station was a major Midwestern hub. Back then, a restaurant hotel was attached to the station, but sadly, it shut down in 1992. And all that remains is a museum with only half the buildings that were there long ago. Having been torn down decades ago, the location where Truman gave his campaign speech is not even marked. All that remains is an old rail line overgrown with grass. Indeed, what scripture says is true. For everything, there is a season and every time for every matter under heaven, a time to break down and a time to build up. As I experienced this once thriving Midwest railroad station, it reminded me that we all live in a snapshot of time. My great grandfather spent decades living and working in this place. The station was a centerpiece to the locals for employment and social life. People from all around the Midwest enjoyed the liveliness of the restaurants and hotel. Several American presidents were also familiar with this popular transportation center, but all that liveliness has passed. As scripture describes, what is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes, James 4. 
Most people who lived through the glory years of this railroad station have passed. So too, one day, will we who are living now. This is why we need the, and heed, uh, we should heed the words of Scripture. The years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. For the people of the Spooner Railroad Station, those who work there, live there, and all those who passed through, common and famous alike, their time has passed. They have lived their lives, and the Lord will repay each one according to his deeds. For some it will be hearing the words, well done, good and faithful servant, while others will have wasted their lives away and received the penalty due their sin. As you are reading this, time still remains to live your life for the Lord's sake. How will you live this brief snapshot of time that he has given you? And there's a picture, I guess, Seth probably took uh, of the railroad overgrown. And there's a lot of railroads like this, of course. Uh, technology changes. And um, some of them are converted into rail trails, which is, a, I think, a nice thing to do. So that's the challenge. Uh, we are here only a limited amount of time. There's going to be one day that each of us listening to this podcast are going to draw our last breath here on earth. And what happens next? Well, that's going to be determined by the Lord and whether or not uh, we, while we were here on this earth, put our tr trust and our faith in Jesus Christ. And the accolades, the um, what happens when we're welcomed into the presence of God, if we trust in Christ, well, some of that's determined by what we do here on earth. Are we managing our time well? So um, I love the way he puts this, though, because it there, there's no guilt trip with it. There's no like, uh, uh, there's just no like imposing law on a person reading it. It's just a reminder, though, that we have such a limited brief amount of time. And we know that because our grandparents, our parents, the people who have gone before us, they had their prime. They had their day in the sun. And it's past, and so will ours. The Essential Church. This is a, um, a pastoral review about the Essential Church from Pastor Richard Henry. And um, I'm not going to probably read this verbatim, but uh, we actually, on, the, on my other podcast, Conversations That Matter, had the director. But I want to get his impression of this. So he he talks about, uh, he, he I don't know if we want to go through this. We, he goes back to the COVID time, right, of 2020. And paints the picture of what things were like. Well, we'll spare you that since we, we just had such a pleasant reminiscence about railroad stuff. We're not going to go back to uh, what 2020 was like uh, in detail, but you all remember. And, um, and he talks about this documentary that Grace Community Church uh, and some other churches, I guess, were involved with this. Uh, Fairview Baptist Church and Grace Life Church um, are featured and they, they complied with local health orders and closed church services like thousands of other churches. They sought to do the right thing. Romans 13, after all, uh, after all, right. As time went on, it became evident that the sky may not be, have been falling like some had prophesied. Many people just, uh, not just Christians began to wonder when things would let up and life would resume as normal. So he, he talks about this progression of closing down, trusting the authorities, and then opening back up and coming to a different realization in that process of what scripture teaches about the role of the civil magistrate and the role of the church. On March 19th, 2020, uh, Governor, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom issued the legally enforceable shelter-in-place order. So it talks about that. And 
how he was allowed bookstores, clothing stores, floors, and sporting goods stores to open with some modifications. Uh, and then bars and restaurants um, and casinos and nail salons and a whole bunch of things, right? But the opening of churches was repeatedly ignored. I mean, churches were, I mean, zoos opened before churches. And the essential church highlights the simple fact that the church is essential. That look, you know, if you're going to have a nail salon open, you should have a church. Churches are more important. There's a priority there. Uh, it talks about the BLM movement. And I, so the documentary goes into that a bit and how that was a moment of hypocrisy that people could see clearly. Wait a minute. If they're so concerned about health, why are they allowing these big crowds to gather together and protest? There doesn't seem to be a problem there. And so Grace Community Church agreed, uh, this is John MacArthur's church, on July 28th to reopen in 2020. And so history matters, retelling the story accurately matters. Um, the film goes into previous uh, similar situations. So it, it, it talks about uh, forgotten accounts of Christian persecution, the martyrdom of uh, stories like the one of uh, the two Margarets in Scotland who would not deny their firm belief in the authorial, or sorry, rather the authority of Christ as king and head of the church and confess that the king of Scotland was the head of the church. As the ocean tide went out, the young Margaret was tied to a post in shallower water and the older was tied to a post farther from shore. The story goes that the local magistrates called on them to deny the authority of Christ as king and the head of the church, but both refused as the tide rolled back in, reaching the elder Margaret's neck the soldiers called for her to recant her views yet again, but she refused and slowly drowned. The younger Margaret witnessed this horrific, watery uh, death, but when she too was asked to recant, she chose death rather than deny her Lord. The film also mentions John Bunyan, uh, and uh, he's the one who wrote Pilgrim's Progress. Bunyan spent 12 years in prison for refusing to deny the true gospel to stop preaching it among the people of England. So it goes into some of these stories and it says, hey, we got... We have a Christian heritage here of standing firm uh, and on the principle, on, on the idea, on the belief that Christ is Lord of the church. So that's a review. And, you know, I, this is a, a film I wanted to see. and It was not available in any theater near me, so I could not, not see it. But hopefully many of you were able to. Now, um, this is a uh, article that I wrote. What college should I attend? And um, I guess I was stepping in it a little bit because uh, immediately I had multiple people messaging me or leaving comments asking me, why did you leave this church out or the church, sorry, school? Why did you leave this college, this school out? Why did you um, not mention this one? This one's a good one. And, and, and so I, I should probably say up front that I do not have uh, unlimited knowledge about the state of various Christian institutions and schools. I've studied much of this and how the social justice has incursion has made its way in. But I, I just simply uh, am not familiar with every school. So there probably are good schools that I did not mention. There are probably also some good departments and good teachers at schools that I chose not to mention because I knew they had a problem somewhere else that I didn't feel comfortable endorsing that school for that reason. But, you know, your child might be able to go there unscathed for the most part. It's kind of doubtful today that you can go to any school unscathed, but, uh, but, but there are, I, I'm fully aware and open to the idea that there are colleges that don't make this list. But this is the list that I have. This is just, this is my opinion. This is after years of watching social justice stuff and having connections in some of these schools. And these are the schools that I'm comfortable mentioning and giving uh, limited endorsements. We'll, we'll put it that way and say, look, 
be cautious, but these might be good schools. So, so I start off with just uh, quoting the, the Sentinel. The Sentinel published an article with the headline, over half of Southern Baptist universities have DEI infrastructures. So, and it's certainly the seminar I went to did uh, with their Kingdom Diversity Program. It's, it, it functions the way a diversity, equity, inclusion program would function at most secular universities. They just put a Christian veneer on it. And so this is a problem and there's growing compromise at these institutions. Parents know it. Uh, unfortunately, the Family Research Council, okay, so the big conservative organization, they claimed recently that Grove City College was the top conservative college in the country. So they put out their list of the best conservative colleges. Grove City College tops the list. And there's an ongoing controversy there about the teaching of critical race theory or critical race theory adjacent ideas. And national media has reported on it, and it's still not rectified. That is crazy to me that Grove City College not just would make the list, but they would get number one on the list. And, and this is where I've seen enough in conservative media, and I've seen enough, I, I've certainly seen enough in the evangelical, I call it industrial complex sometimes, to know there's definitely a managerial um, elite guild. There's, there is pay to play. There is... There, uh, it's not as it's not as squeaky clean as some of us would like to think, and so I don't know why Grove City College made the top of this list, but it, it's clearly not accurate to put them there. It, it would it, it's a worthless list. You can't trust the other schools on the list either, and so I, I acknowledge this. I say, look, you you can't even trust the organizations that we think we should trust for rating these things. So so what do you do? Um, what are my recommendations? Well, I think you have to assess where your child is at if you're a parent making this decision. Now, if you're a student who's already or you're an adult and you're making this decision, that's different. But if you're a parent, then you have to assess where your child's at. And you need to prepare your children to encounter common errors no matter where they go in college. Uh, I was surprised at a Southern Baptist seminary to uh, you know, have m Marxist ideas, to have um, uh, Darwinian ideas taught to us. That, that was a shock uh, a little bit to me, but that's what is happening even at schools that have good reputations. And believe me, the uh, administrations at these colleges know how to put on a good show for parents. They know exactly what to say. They know what to tell their donors. Um, it's, it, it, and most of the students are not aware of what's really going on. So it, it's, it's, it, it's hard. It's like once in a while you get a student who does know, and there are students who know, and there are professors who know, but someone who's brave enough to actually publicly say it, very rare, very rare. And I mean, that's part of the reason that I put so much effort into doing montages uh, in 2020, 2021 of Southern Baptist schools and what they were actually teaching on video clips. You know, and I was saying, try to believe your eyes here. Still, people would believe the administrations over the you know, video clips, which was frustrating. Um, but some people did wake up and they, and they saw it. And, I, and I'm writing this article for them because you, you, you are all aware that this is a problem. Those of you who um, back then started to see this and, and, and became concerned. So if uh, many students do not know how to reason, so that's one of the problems. So parents can supplement this, teach logic, hermeneutics, historiography, or related disciplines, uh, not more than just mathematical problem solving. Um, many students also tend to be passive and accept what they are told without critical examination. This is a character issue. So you have either you know, an ignorance issue or a character issue. That character issue um, has to be addressed gradually by introducing responsible and leadership, responsibility and leadership opportunities during their teenage years. 
So sports, youth programs, businesses, or other activities. So you, th this is very important to, if your child is going to go to college, you have to prepare them leading up to it. Character and knowledge or wisdom. If a student lacks the ability to think or the virtue to withstand pressure, it may not, it may be better to put off college until they are ready to handle it. Uh, and, and there's other options now. You have online classes, you have community colleges where you can live at home and get, so you don't have to disrupt the community and the support system there. So, so th these things exist. It's also good to remember that many secular colleges have Christian organizations. So find if you, if you, this is what I did, I went to a, um, community college first and found a Christian organization. And yeah, of course I was getting <laughs> pumped full of Marxism and feminist theory and all these things in various classes, not all the classes, but. Uh, but I had a, I had a group there and I already was grounded. And so that helped. If I wasn't, that might not have been the best idea, to be honest. So here's some specific recommendations. Though. If you still think I want my child to go to a Christian school, okay, which is fine. Some people think that's the only place you should send a child. I, I've changed. I, I well, I, I never thought that, but I've changed even more so in the direction of thinking it may not be the best idea. <laughs> it just may not be, uh, you're, you're going to get some of the same junk. It's just subversive. You don't know you're getting it and you're, you have your guard down. So, but, but here are some Christian colleges that I think I can recommend that I can say, you know what, these are good ones. And, and I say in the article, um, that, uh, I feel comfortable to recommend them, but I should say recommending these institutions does not mean they are perfect or that students will not encounter bad philosophies. Be prepared either way. The first is Appalachian or Appalachian, as they say, Bible college in Mount Hope, West Virginia. And the reason I recommend this is because I was super impressed. Uh, one of the, I, I haven't been given permission to say his name, but one of the, I guess, I think it was the head of the Bible department or their theology department, whatever they call it, uh, in back in like 20, 2019 or so, I mean, it was early on, wanted to educate the faculty on social justice and was looking for resources. That impressed me greatly. I also happen to know someone who's a student there and has a wonderful time and everything I've heard about them has been good. So Appalachian Bible College in Mount Hope, West Virginia, that is, I think that's at the, the top of my list uh, as far as colleges uh, to consider if that's what you're looking for, a college that's going to be Christian and isn't woke or social justice infused. Another one is, um, now this is, is, I'm partial because I went there, but Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. And I should say that I can't recommend all the schools or programs there. I can recommend the history department. And I also know when I was there, the music department and the nursing program had very good reputations. Um, I cannot recommend other schools or departments in good conscience. Doesn't mean they're bad or good, but um, I can recommend those. I, and the history department was wonderful for me. It was, it was I, I learned more in, in my two years at the history department at Liberty University than I did at any of the seminaries I, I attended. As far as I, I think I learned better how to study my Bible going to the history department than I did at seminary, which is sad, but um, but but I, I can't say enough uh, good things about it. So I, I would check that out uh, if you are interested in any of those programs. The other thing is, if you go to Liberty, it's big enough. It's a huge school that you're going to if you want to find the Marxist progressive social justice types, you can find them. If you want to find the very conservative, staunch conservative types, you can find them hanging around the Freedom Center. You can find both uh, political persuasions. And I mean, as far as the Christian Christianity is concerned, I mean, it's it, it's probably too big of a tent. I mean, it just spans. You look at their convocation. They have a lot of speakers in there. They're not all good, in my opinion, but uh, it's because they take from pretty much every single part of the evangelical Christian tradition. So. 
for students who are easily influenced, take that into consideration, maybe in a negative way. But if they're not, if they know where they stand, they'll be able to find professors and students uh, that that they can um, have common cause and fellowship with, which is not the case at every school. Hillsdale College is my next one. And, you know, I know several people who have gone to Hillsdale. I know people who work at Hillsdale, who teach at Hillsdale. And, and, and so my impression of Hillsdale is, uh, and I've never set foot on campus, but uh, they, they have Roman Catholics and Protestants primarily teaching there, all right? And, I, and I've heard that a lot of um, Protestants go there and convert to Roman Catholicism. So take that into consideration. I don't know whether that's, to what extent that's true, and maybe it goes the other way as well. But uh, you, you have that religiously. On the political level, though, you have generally, this is what I've been told, the history department is paleoconservative mostly. The economic department is more libertarian and the political science department is neoconservative. So they're all kind of taking from the broad, a broad conservative kind of mindset. So, so not going to be as much social justice there. Now, you know, you could debate whether Hillsdale College is a Christian college, and that's fair. I included it here, even though I don't know that I think they are broadly Christian. They don't have a denominational affiliation, though. Southern Evangelical Seminary, that's the only seminary on my list here. Um, and, and the reason is because they explicitly reject social justice teaching. They literally, in their promotional materials, talk about how they're against social justice. That takes guts. And they even condemn the Black Lives Matter movement while other Christian colleges either embraced or remained silent. Uh, and then Providence Christian College in Pasadena, California. Um, this, I, I'm recommending this because I have been in correspondence with someone who works there in the, I'll just say in the administration uh, for, I don't know, maybe two years. And he, he, he's always had good questions. It's all, it's clear to me that this person gets it. And so I am going on their recommendation, uh, but also on what I see on the website, that they are reformed liberal arts college dedicated to preserving Western civ and theological orthodoxy. So um, I, I think it's worth looking into that particular college if you live in the Southern California area, especially. Now, there's some honorable mentions uh, that I want to also just let you know about. These are colleges that I figure I should probably at least mention them to you. So they're not on the first list, but they make the second list. And part of that is because my own ignorance I don't, or a combination of my ignorance and, uh, and just some things I know of that give me a little pause or the fact that I maybe I'm not ignorant. I just have a little pause, but I still think it's a good place to check out. So these are just my second tier. Check these out. Crown College in Knoxville, Tennessee. Now, Crown College, I think you know, they're partial to the King James. I don't think they think it's you know King James only, but they are partial to it from what I understand. But they um, they are a Christian college, and the president, I think this was like two years ago, offered to all the canceled monuments. Remember that during BLM? He offered to take them. He said, I'll take them here at the college. And I thought, that is brave. That is brave. Uh, Regent University in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Regent's always been kind of known to be this conservative Christian college. Uh, there's only two Christian colleges with law schools, I believe. Now, maybe three. I think Masters University is in the process of kind of inheriting one. But the two, the two main ones have been Liberty and, of course, before them, Regent. Um, New St. Andrews College in Moscow, Idaho. This is the one uh, Doug Wilson's affiliated with. Uh, worth looking into that. I've, I've heard good. I know someone who teaches there, and I've heard really good things about some of their academics, especially when it comes to uh, Western Civ and history. Bob Jones University in Greenville, South Carolina. I've heard of really good things happening at Bob Jones in the last few years. Uh, and the Master Seminary in Santa Clarita, California. 
this is the seminary affiliated with John MacArthur. We're worth looking into that potentially also if you're considering a Christian school. So I also make at the end of the article, after I give you the recommendations, I say, look, there is there are other options. You don't need a degree for a lot of different fields. In fact, you can become a pastor without a degree. You can become you can do what I'm doing right now, be a podcaster or a writer without a degree. Uh, You can. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. You can be a businessman without a degree. You need a degree for law, for medical, for, you know, I don't know. uh, What else? I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, there, there, there's certain professional things. If you want to teach on a secondary level, you need a college degree, but, but you can run for office without a college degree, right? You can be very successful without a college degree. So don't think you need one. Don't think that that's the end all be all. And you can go to trade school and get a good trade too. I mean, maybe that's how you're wired. Uh, Dr. Russell Fuller though, uh, started an institution called theology classroom. And I put the link here, russelltfuller.com. And, and he gives you cheap, uh, seminary level training. Uh, in God's word. And if you want to be a good equipped leader, that's the kind of thing you should be looking at, I think, because there's so many opportunities and materials available online now for a fraction of the cost, sometimes free. You don't have to go to a seminary to get a lot of this. And, and that's a blessing, in my opinion. It, 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 for me personally, would I have gone to seminary had I to do it over again? No, I would not have. Uh, I, I probably would have taken some languages classes whether that was through a seminary or not, I don't know, but, but that's all I needed. The other stuff had, was mainly just fluff for me, at least it, it was not very helpful. And, um, at least the classes that I took, there were a few, I mean, I took a conflict resolution class at master seminary that I really appreciated, but, but overall I would say that, uh, you know, languages, hermeneutics, um, learn some, you know, church history, I think is important. But a lot of the classes on like leadership and, you know, like it, homiletics, even they're not, I mean, they, I'm sure they help some, but for me personally, I'm just talking for me, you know, hermeneutics, you should kind of, you know, you know, homiletics by doing it, by preaching. That's how you, you get good at a lot of that stuff. So anyway, um, I, I probably wouldn't, I, I would have probably done something like a theology classroom had I to do it over. I, I do think though, that the Lord guided my path and I'm glad I went and that he guided it the way he did. I'm just saying, if I had it to do it over with the resources available today, I probably wouldn't have. So take those things into consideration. Uh, if wisdom is the goal, then you don't need the certificate. Now, the certificate, you know, it helps in certain s- scenarios. You just have to weigh that and, and find out, is it worth it? Is it worth the time and the money and all of that? Okay, well, that's my advice on what college should I attend. I hope that's helpful for all of you. It's it's certainly a big question for parents and students out there. But um, I would just say, pray about it. Ask the Lord for wisdom see what Christ wants in this scenario and, and invest your abilities, your gifts uh, in, in the best place possible. Invest them with the intent of getting a return uh, where you can be best placed in the kingdom of God for his work, for his will, um, for even just taking dominion over the earth and uh, the skills that he's given. Everyone's wired different. So take that, you don't have to go to college. That's, it's a very uh, kind of like a, a baby boomer mentality that you must go to college and get it. No, you don't have to go to college. You don't have to, uh, but it might be wise. So uh, take that into consideration. Well, God bless. More coming, obviously, uh, next uh, True Script Tuesday. Uh, we're going to have more. Um, but if you follow my other podcast, Conversations That Matter, there's going to be a number of episodes this week as well. Don't forget about the retreat, overcomingevilconference.com. God bless.